Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or your tea or your water, sit back and relax, and let's chat about what is happening in this world of ours. It is a weird place right now, Pia and Colin. <laughs> I want to... I want to welcome the two of you to the show this morning. It's always nice to have you here. And yes, we were just talking behind the screen about how strange it is right now. We're we're seeing aberrant behavior everywhere. We're seeing people who who we thought were stable, reliable, intelligent, dependable with it we're seeing people simply falling apart and we were discussing before we came became live what could be the reasons for this and we don't know exactly i mean there could be there could be a myriad of reasons but pinpointing what is actually going on is pretty challenging right now it is you know um and, and what we're talking about, everybody, is, and we want to hear from you too. What are you noticing out there? Is that in my personal family, five now of my sisters, one's a sister in law and four sisters, have either fallen and had something happen to their brain. I didn't tell you guys that, but two of my sisters fell and something happened. One got a concussion, the other one had a brain bleed because of falling and the pressure. She they had a drill into her brain. Then my two elder sisters, which we'd already, I think, talked about with dementia issues, and now a sister-in-law with that. It feels to me like in my own chart, I should be having a third house or something that's lit up because it seems like all my siblings are the ones having the problems. Um, but it's intensely related to brain function. I don't get it. It may not be gettable, Janet. <laughs> territory. Yeah, I don't. This is a new frontier. I don't. Yeah. I don't think humanity has ever, ever been in this kind of chaotic, challenging situation. We don't have a roadmap to no. to, to help us figure out what the heck is going on. It's multiple things. It's not just cognitive things or people's how their heads are working or not working. So many things are changing so rapidly that that it's challenging to keep up with, with everything. I mean, our interface with electricity is getting stranger and stranger. It used to be that we would short out lights or walk by a street light and it'd go out or the stove would go out. Yeah. These things would happen periodically. But lately in the last week, all kinds of things are, you know, Cullen will try to turn on the washing machine and it absolutely will not do it. I will walk <laughs> up to it and it'll work just fine. Pia, Pia will try to, to turn the, the, stove, the stove on. on. Can't do she it. She can't do it. will do it. I just walked up, touched the buttons and it, it's perfectly fine. So we're finding that our electromagnetics are not in alignment with the electronic equipment and technology that we have. And it's changing all the time. One day, one of us can do this and the other one can't do that. <laughs> but that then kind of makes sense because the brain is by large, is largely electrical in nature. Yes. And so the mind, of course, being kind of, it's, I, I don't think that the mind is exactly the brain, but it does mm -hmm. seem like the brain is the functioning part of the mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe that's what's going on with people that, 
I, I don't know. I don't know. This world is just so weird. It, that it is. It is. But there, but at the same time, there are scientific answers. We've oh. we've never experienced the Schumann resonance as absolutely changeable or volatile, volatile and, and moving from highs to lows. We've never experienced this. And in our lifetimes, I don't think we've ever experienced the CMEs from the sun, the coronal mass crazy. ejections. They're stronger than they have ever been in, in our lifetimes. They're enhancing the radiation that we're feeling from the 5G. When the CMEs hit and come in, I don't know what they do to the 5G satellites themselves, but the impact on humanity is that they are frying us. They are enhancing the radiation we're already experiencing from 5G. So I'm sure that that's impacting people's electrical systems, their brains, their mm -hmm. internal thermostat, all of it. But we're coming to definitely but, say we're impacted. But that would be weird because something like that you think would be distributed across humanity, not just like certain people or mm -hmm. certain things. It would be like an entire you know, the entire planet going haywire at the same time. But I don't see that. It just feels more intense towards certain people. We, um, and I look at that as if you go to the beach and you're a pale skinned, redheaded person, you get burned. But if you have darker olive type skin, you don't get burned. So I think the individuality of our makeup is impacting whether we are you know, radiated at a certain level or not. It may have something to do with our immune system. I don't know. But I think there is a, a variation on how people are impacted or not impacted. Yeah. Now, I want to go back to something that you guys mentioned, because I'm not sure that everybody who's listening today knows what the Schumann resonance is. So, Colin, I think you brought that up. Do you want to explain to everybody what that is and um, what you've noticed in terms of what it's doing right now? Sure. The, the Schumann resonance is the what we could call the hum of the earth. It's the energy of what the earth creates. It, it's, it's electromagnetic. It's the frequency. It's the frequency. And the frequency band has always been, for the course of human history, 7.83. Mm -hmm. It is now up over 30, sometimes over 60. That takes our brain waves. I'm taking this way. Do you want to do no, it? No, go ahead. That takes our brain waves out of our accustomed state of alpha, where we operate most of the time, and it shoots us all the way up into gamma, which is something we hardly ever touch. You can hit gamma when you're in a deep meditation, but you don't normally typically live in the gamma area. Unless you're really relaxed yeah. or, or in a deep state, basically an altered state. Mm -hmm. So it's throwing us into brain waves that we have not been conditioned or learned how to utilize. And it's making us bizarre. So. <laughs> that's one word. <laughs> oh, that's a good word. Yeah. So now what can impact the Schumann resonance? What, what, I mean, in your, you know, thinking or scientific minds, what is it? that could be impacting it from both maybe the scientific, but maybe also from the metaphysical. Well, you do the metaphysical, I'll do the scientific. The plasma that's coming in from the cosmic rays is impacting our magnetosphere. So our magnetosphere can no longer 
provide the shield that we need to have to protect us from the radiation. That causes our ozone to be depleted. It causes us to have lack of oxygenation in our cells. It causes us all kinds of physiological effects. That's the scientific point, metaphysically. Well, I, I think, and I was going to bring this up. I'm glad you reintroduced this, Janet, because I thought this would be a great part of our topic right now. Metaphysically or spiritually, although we're seeing all these aberrant elements, these changes in, in what we're used to as humans, we're also being given more light. Mm -hmm. Our cells are being given more light. Our bodies are every particle, every part of us is being irradiated also in a good way because it's helping to enlighten us. It's helping to make us evolve in a way that humans have never been able to make these leaps of consciousness. We're changing radically differently every day. And so from a metaphysical point of view, this is the good part of too much radiation. Our bodies don't know what to do with it. Our bodies are saying, what's going on? I feel sick. I feel out of balance. I'm dizzy. I'm sleepy. I'm this, I'm that. But at the same time, we're gaining benefit because spiritually, metaphysically, it's elevating us. I don't think it was ever intended, the process, I mean, intended to be compromised by 5G. And I think the process was to be in alignment with nature and the sun, providing more light and a steady stream of here, let us give you more nourishment in this form so that humanity could make the leap of consciousness and move in a direction that was beneficial for everyone. Yeah. I think the being cooked by the 5G and having the CNEs or the coronal mass ejections make such a large impact on what we're already receiving negatively from 5G. That wasn't part of the plan, I don't think. There, There is so much controversy today about is 5G really harmful? I mean, it, it it was it was thought of and spoken about a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, that anybody that said 5G was detrimental to all living life on this planet, everybody was labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Well, guess what? There is so much evidence, so much empirical scientific evidence of the harmful impact of of 5G, along with other EMF poisoning, not just 5G. We have radar, we have television waves, radio waves. We have so much stuff electromagnetically going on around us all around the planet that we are indeed being affected by that. And now many people who were saying, look, you guys are crazy talking about this 5G thing. 5G is only here to help us have faster internet connection, better telephone reception, all of the scientific things that, that the telecommunication companies were feeding us through mass media. Well, all of a sudden, people are realizing that maybe 5G is not such a good thing after all. And as more and more true, solid scientific proof is coming to the fore, people are realizing that maybe they better take a second look at 5G. Is it more harmful than it is useful? 
you know, what's interesting is I haven't heard word one about it. Not one word other than like I hear Tom sometimes talk about 5G and things like that. But scientifically, I've not read anything. I haven't seen anything in metaphysical circles that are bringing that kind of thing up. In my experience, 5G really hasn't helped my phone. <laughs> I don't have it here locally where I live. I'm kind of shielded from, you know, I have to use my wireless in order to really make phone calls. But um, in town, I notice my phone will pop up and say I'm on 5C, 5G UC, which I forgot what uh, unlimited connectivity or something like that. But yet my phone isn't behaving any better than it does anywhere else. So no. I, I don't know that it really has the impact that everybody thinks it was going to have. Well, they um, distracted everybody, Janet, by the all the information that was poured into the virus that they said was going to kill us. All that distracted us from the implementation of 5G while they were stealthily putting up satellites and towers all over the planet. So yeah. we've been distracted by it so that we wouldn't focus on it. And now it's here. There are technologies that are coming around to ameliorate. ameliorate thank you for the word ameliorate this circumstance. There is a company in Italy called Advanced Technology 7, which says there are two ways to do business. You do either business to make money or you do business for the highest good of all. We're here to help the planet. And they've come up with something, a product called Defense for Planet Earth, which is potentially, potentially, really, really can make a difference in everything that's going to protect all of life on this planet. So there are technologies that are coming up that are supportive of our moving out from this horror of 5G annihilation of all life. We, we, we tried to talk to people publicly. We, we went to a, a series of lectures and presentations here where we live prior to COVID. It was probably 2018, early 2019. And there were forums started here in, in where we live about what is 5G all about? And there was an awareness here in this part of the world that 5G might not be the smartest new technology that we should be using. And P and I did a lot of research. We talked to a lot of experts. We talked to a lot of scientists. We talked to a lot of doctors and physicians. And there was a burgeoning amount of people who knew about what 5G was all about. And so actually P and I have been involved in, in this research and this world of, is this a good thing for at least three years, if not going back four years and possibly further than that. So we have read hundreds, literally no exaggeration, hundreds of scientific papers about the pernicious, deadly effects of 5G. I mean, it's it's out there. Anybody can connect into it. It's it's on the internet. It's it's written in scientific journals and scientific magazines worldwide. So it is available to everyone if they're interested in looking into it. You just have to have the awareness that there's something there to study up on. Well, and then that makes me wonder if the sun kicking up high energy CMEs are maybe exacerbating the effect of 5G. 
Absolutely. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And- That's the coronal mass ejections that are causing it's it's um, a little bit like a microwave because uh-huh. we get the energy trapped in here because the magnetosphere cannot protect us. So the energy coming in from the coronal mass ejections from the sun traps the already irradiating energy of 5G. And that's what's causing us the harm. There was there was a I don't know whether to call it a blackout. Pia is going to have to help me with this. She's more technical than I am usually. Sometimes. <laughs> um, across across America a couple of days ago. Do you want to talk about that? I don't know what you're going to say. You have to help me. The the excessive CMEs oh. that caused. Oh, there was a blackout uh, in the KP index, the KP index showing how many CMEs were coming in. There was a radio blackout all the way across North America. It only it lasted like for about 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And it was like three or four o'clock in the morning. So most people didn't even notice it. But there were reports all over from Australia, from Europe, from different mm-hmm. places saying this is happening. And it's going to be happening more and more and more. There will be more radio blackouts because there are too many frequencies on the planet. So if people, if people were awake in across America trying to use their computers or other electronic devices, they would have found that they couldn't get in or couldn't maintain connectivity with the internet or cell phone usage or whatever Whatever device they were using wouldn't have been working for that 10 minute period. And we can also say that from here in Europe, we have had two occasions in the past week where we were sitting here on the computer doing something and all of a sudden the entire computer shut down for no reason. Just quit, turned itself off two times. Computer doesn't need servicing. There's nothing wrong with it. It has to do with whatever's going on electromagnetically on the planet. And we we have talked to other people worldwide in different time zones and we we can pinpoint that their computers went off yeah not at the same time zone zonally but at the same time in a universal way so it wasn't just our computer people where we live also said did did you have a blackout or did you have problems staying on the internet and we said of course and they said we talk to other friends and we all experience this. And we don't use Wi-Fi at all. We are plugged into our electricity so that we don't have that extra radiation in our home. So it's not a Wi-Fi issue. It has to do with something larger than that. Interesting. I did not notice this. It might have been middle of the mm-hmm. night when I would have had my... Yeah, you I think it was for you. You yeah. would have been asleep. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, so I wouldn't have even noticed it unless I was up. But I have noticed that things um, just don't work quite the same way. And (laughs) I was attributing it to Mercury retrograde because there was that on top of everything else. Uh, But, you know, this week there is no retrograde anymore. That's over. We're still in the shadow period, so things can still be wonky. But uh, what you're describing isn't necessarily attributable to a planet being in retrograde. No. What's Uranus doing right now, Janet? Uranus is is direct and in the sign of Taurus. But remember, Taurus is jacked up right now. Right. Because, you know, or at least until uh, the next couple of days before the sun moves out of Taurus. And Uranus is there. Mercury's there. The north node is in Taurus. Jupiter's just moved into Taurus. So there's a lot of 
emphasis on uh, slimming down, simplifying. And I think what we're maybe experiencing, because what we're talking about is how complex we've made everything with different, you know, uh, radio waves or microwaves or cosmic rays, frequencies that are all vying for one another, for, you know, maybe even creating interference mm -hmm. uh, with one another, and then the impact that it has on life on the planet. So, um, you know, Uranus does rule things like high tech technologies, um, the electricity or the electrical grid, uh, lightning, things that happen in a flash, right, as, as well as the revolutionary energies, the rebellious energies, the contrarian energies on the planet. Absolutely. But he's, he's still in direct motion, so he's still stirring the pot, I would say, <laughs> you know, in a way that makes it very noticeable that something's different energetically on the planet. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on your show before, but there's an, a very, very interesting book written by an American. It's called The Invisible Rainbow. And the author is Arthur Furstenberg. He lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. The book's been out for what, Pia? Two years, three years? It's been out a little longer than that, maybe five. It's a relatively new book. Mm -hmm. he, he has chronicled every pandemic, every critical flu epidemic, every single change in society concerning health issues since the, the probably the 1890s when electricity was first invented, the telephone was invented. He pinpoints every time a new discovery electromagnetically happened, a new flu was created, a new, a new illness, a new physical malady. malady, manifestation of out of balance. He has chronicled everything, electricity, telephone, telegraph, radar, you name it. It's an incredible tome of information. It is so well-researched. It is so scientific. It is so well-written that I think anybody who picks it up will have their eyes opened realizing that technology and we probably all know on this on this show that I am a neo-luddite I am not a, a technology I am I am not a technology person I, I, technology just doesn't work for me so clearly stating that this book really truly chronicles in a scientific manner that every time we humans have invented a new electromagnetic gadget invention, we have created an imbalance between nature and health. And it, it's an incredible book. I think anybody who picks it up will have their eyes opened and their mind expanded enormously. And the company that I was speaking of a minute ago, who's doing uh, Defense for Planet Earth technology, which is a totally uh -huh. non-technical type of technology. They are all about getting us back in harmony with nature and moving away from the direction we've been going that has caused all this harm that Cullen's just been documenting. Um, but, you know, as good of a point as that is, 
uh, Christine brings up another good point. How would that explain the Black Plague and all of the different plagues and uh, pandemics that occurred previous to technology on the planet? That That is an excellent question, and that is an excellent topic. And the only the only thing I can say as intelligently as I can try to be is that those could have been astronomical, astrologically influenced things before technology began. And there also things out of ignorance, like simple like hygiene. I mean, back then people didn't know, to, doctors didn't know to wash their hands when they went from one patient to another. So they were transmitting the disease person oh, to person. Yeah, through yeah definitely. But how did that plague arise? I mean, that's the thing. If you look back across history, and there is an astrological connection to those things that are very much repeating, right? It yes. repeats even uh, in with the Spanish flu in 1918, and then again with the coronavirus in 2020 or 2019, the, that there's these signatures with the outer planets in particular that repeat. Um, but I'm wondering too, if those things are not agents of some form of evolution for humanity and bringing in, you know, different qualities and, and upgrading us, if you will, in some way, shape or form. And then, of course, humans, you know, we already know that, you know, things have happened along the line in our genealogies that um, uh, where new genes have been spliced in. Well, how did that happen? Why <laughs> did that happen? Right? Who did that? Well, it's comforting to think that it's all on purpose. I'm not sure how true that is, but it's comforting to use that philosophy and say, this is a story I'm going to use to make myself feel better. But I don't know, Janet, honestly, if it does serve a purpose or if it is astrological, I really don't have any answers for that. Well, I would what? see that those things are linked together because the astrology yes. is really just the function of uh, the, the the map, if you will, from the heavens of what is transpiring down here mm -hmm. on the planet. So it's not like it's not causative in nature. Mm -hmm. so astrology doesn't cause things to happen, but it shows us when something is changing, whether exactly. it's a, a bigger exactly. paradigm shift with the outer planets or an inner shift that's happening when those planets are retrograde. Or is it a shift that's happening for us as individuals seen by the inner planets and their little dance through the stars? Yep, absolutely. One one thing that's possible when the question that was raised is a really good one. Mm -hmm. It could be that that the Earth herself understands balance or or a homeostatic understanding that when things get out of balance, something has to shift, something has to happen. The Black Plague and and other huge health issues may have been a rebalancing act of Mother Earth saying, guess what, kids? There are too many people on the planet. We need to re we need to reconsider what's going on. And and I could use a, an easy analogy. If if you look at wolves that that are in natural settings where there are caribou, deer, antelope, whatever, whatever animal that, that they choose as their way of existing, their way of, of nourishing themselves. The wolves 
always pull back the amount of animals in a herd to balance out nature. It, it's a it, it's a cyclical thing. It happens all the time wherever it, wherever it works in the world. Whenever whenever there are too many hooved animals in a in a particular place and wolves are reintroduced within less than a generation of those animals balance is brought back into a homeostatic relatively workable situation it's possible that mother nature and or the earth gaia is so wise that that those plagues or those changes were absolutely on purpose to rebalance what was going on at that time historically and in in the the energeticness of what was necessary at that point so yeah. i think you and p are both right in a way maybe there's a goodness in all of these things all the way up to 5g maybe 5g is here to teach us a lesson and i know this is going to sound trite and old but Maybe 5G is a reawakening of the mistakes that were made in Atlantis. Maybe scientifically we're doing things that we did once upon a time that didn't work, that backfired. And maybe, unfortunately, we didn't learn our lessons very well. And we're repeating the same thing over and over again in a cyclical manner. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I worried about that exact thing when Pluto started its move into Aquarius. And not because uh, not, not because of, of the history necessarily of Pluto in Aquarius, but because Aquarius is a sign of interference, right? It mm -hmm. shows picture, it's a picture of waves. Mm -hmm. People think it's water, uh, but it isn't water necessarily. It's about interference, right? We have the introduction of interference waves when planets are moving through Aquarian energy or an Aquarian. If you've ever uh, paid attention to what an Aquarian does, they they kind of come in and they upset, if you will, not by purpose. They're not trying to be contrary or upsetting, but they tend to change the dynamics mm -hmm. and stir the pot, if you will, of energy. And Pluto is, of course, a, a planet of death and rebirth. Well, hello there, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> He just came up to visit. Um, he's not even my cat. Okay, get off my desk, though. You're going to knock everything over. Thank you. Um, sorry. Uh, so, you know, when we have a major planet like Pluto, even though he's been demoted, nice try, guys, um, it, it's really upsetting the the patterns that we have on the planet. Mm -hmm. Now, because of that, there's also the high technology part, right? Which upsets the way, the norms. It upsets the way things have been running. And now we have this brand new wave of Plutoan destruction, re reconstruction, regeneration energy that we have to contend with on this planet. And I just think that some of the things like 5G or e even COVID were lead-ups to set the space for us to make the choice of what we do next. Mm -hmm. And in terms of technology, we can we can go that route of high technology that was destructive enough to have imploded a continent or exploded it, such as the case may be, 
or we can begin to harness it and use it in a different in a different way. But the thing is, we tend to, it's almost like Groundhog's Day. We tend to keep doing things. They're different <laughs> details, but we tend to keep doing things in the same way, right? With the same unconsciousness that um, has caused destruction. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's amazing. I, in my earlier life, when when I was involved in anthropology and archaeology, sometimes at at conferences or symposiums, pe people would open up a, a discussion by saying, "Where do you think humanity is right now? What do you think we've learned? What do you think we've we've accomplished?" And I would often say things that people didn't like to hear, but I would say them anyway. And I would say simply, I don't think we've learned very much over the, over the eons of time that we've had ample time to not repeat things that don't work. We, we haven't really advanced as quickly as we could. Technology has advanced, but I'm not sure humanity from a a psycho-spiritual, emotional sense. I'm not sure we've advanced as quickly as the technology in order to harness the technology to be sure it doesn't do what it has done before. And I'm, I'm sure I pissed people off in, in my discussions, but I felt it was important to bring that up because honestly, looking today, all these years later in my life, I don't think we've done a very good job I think, I think I truly think we let science do whatever it wants to do without any concern for is it the right thing to do is yeah. it is it the most beneficial thing to do is it truly for the highest good of all and I would say to all those three questions no 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 I well don't. to your point I think it's because there's not an ethical bone in the bodies of people that are doing this they're they're mm -hmm. they're thinking so so short-sightedly about profits if it's a corporation or about the technology and you know i don't know fame and fortune or just you know i think maybe in the beginning we think that it's going to be ex especially helpful to humanity or what have you but we really don't have any ethics in place that say how far should we go Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How far is too far? I, I think that's the clearest. The the I think that is the best way to describe how science, in an unbridled, unchecked way, that is doing what it does, is getting away with doing things that are ridiculous, splicing fish genes into vegetables, so that vegetables will have a longer shelf life in the produce department because the gene of, of these fish that, that emit more light because they live at far depths in the ocean will make vegetables look more sparkly at the supermarket. I mean, who said we could splice fish genes with broccoli? There's no, there's no reason to be doing that. The, the highest principle comes back to James Fairwood, Ahimsa, do no harm. And right. Just simply consider 
is my choice to participate with this technology causing any harm to myself, to other people, to the animals, to the planet? Just that simple question, do no harm. Ahimsa is where we need to go to return back to nature and yeah. to return to a balance between the cosmos and the planet. Yeah. 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 It's a fascinating subject, but now it's depressing. So let's let's <laughs> spice this up a little bit, <laughs> especially since we're sitting here uh, about 15 minutes away from the new moon in Taurus, which is uh, absolutely fascinating. And, you know, I want to turn this around a little bit because I want people to understand that a lot of what we've just been talking about seems a little bit out of our control or maybe a lot out of our control, like the like 5G being thrust upon us without much of our power and choice being involved. But you do have power and you do have choices. And the astrology that we're experiencing right now, which is what I'm always important, you know, it, it more involved with, is about choices that we make for our own good. Now, I know that sounds very self-centered or, or, you know, some people might go, but, you know, I have to, don't I, aren't we supposed to help others first or take care of others first? But the astrology now is really very clear. It's about our taking care of ourselves and following our passions and creating connections with people that support our passions and support us in achieving the things that we personally want to achieve right? Irregardless of the big mess that's going on out and about here, but we also have the power to make choices about what we buy, about who we vote for, and if you're in a country where you vote, um, and how you speak to others around subjects like that. having this conversation this morning, we don't know how many people that will impact, right? Who will wake up and go, whoa, maybe I should look at this further, or maybe I should be more awake. Now, when we look at the symbol uh, the Sabian symbols, I don't know if you're familiar with those, but the Sabian symbols, you know, kind of take each degree of the astrology wheel uh, of the zodiac and give it a description. And the description for today's new moon is fantastic. It says a peacock parading on the terrace of an old castle. And it really reminds me, and, and these are actually uh, from the book uh, from Dane Rudyard, the Astrological Mandala, uh, that the personal display of inherited gifts is what becomes the primary expression of this new moon. And it made me think about sharing that every one of us, when we look at a human design chart or we look at an astrology chart even, we see that each one of us has a personal genius, has brilliance somewhere. Right. We may we're not all geniuses in the way that we think of as, you know, being brilliant scientists or smart beyond smart. It's not about that. Genius is really more about your personal talents and gifts that you're here to share. And that's what this is talking about. It's about parading your own gifts out there and sharing it and adding to the texture of the world and not holding it back from the world. Or withdrawing to the point where, you know, this world is too funky, I can't handle this, um, you know, and I'm just going to run and hide in my mountain cave somewhere. Uh, so we, we're here to share our genius, our brilliance, our talents with the world at large. Now, that's also a Taurian trait, right? Taurus is where the new moon is. Taurus has a, a very 
clear path to manifesting their dreams, their gifts, and their talents when they get out of their comfort zone. So we're being pushed a little bit to get out of our comfort zones. So rather than staying stuck, what we need to do is really reach out and express or expand in some ways. And then when we look at the human design aspect of this particular new moon, it sits at the gate eight. And the gate eight is called the gate of contribution. It's all about what are you here to contribute? And even if you, you know, not all of us can contribute the um, Nobel Prize winning uh, literary work or scientific work, that may not be your gift. But your gift might be simply, you know, contributing to your family or to your children or to your community, right? Those are the things that we have to understand when we have a new moon like this. It's about you and what do you want to contribute and what you contribute should come out from the lines of things that you love, that you're passionate about, that you, uh, that, that make you get excited. Now, Jupiter's in Taurus. Um, for the first time in 12 years. It's been a while. It's been a while. So Jupiter comes around and expands and grows the area of the chart that in this case is Taurus. And in a way, there's the simplifying life, getting back to the more, you know, basics of what it is that we're here to do. And also indulging ourselves in what feels good to us. To us. And at some point, we're going to have to look at the negative side of Jupiter and Taurus, which is overly extravagant, right? Uh, overly spends, overindulges, things like that. But right now, I think we, we have this very keen opportunity to really realign ourselves in a way that if we were all living our passions, it would go a long way to, what was the word you used? Ameliorating the uh, angst on the planet right? Ameliorating it. That's a great word. I'll have to remember this word. Now in the gene keys, this becomes really interesting because the gate eight is exquisiteness. Like who uses that word? Who uses that word? I love that word, exquisiteness. Coming out of mediocrity, applying your own personal style to the world, your own, which style, you know, means your own way of being, your own voice, your own um, you know, a path and becoming exquisite as a, an op, as a outpicturing of that. So we have the new moon. New moon is a fabulous one. I think we need to take full advantage of it. Remember, Venus is the ruler of Taurus. And Venus reminds us about love and about relationships and about beauty and harmony and peace. Now, Pia, tell us about today's nine being. Well, being is the first of the earth energies and being is exactly what you were talking about, about the energy of focusing on self. It's a very individualistic energy where you focus on yourself because you can't help anybody else if you don't help yourself first. It's a very creative energy. It's an energy that's totally involved with what can I do with originality and new ideas to make the world better by figuring it out myself? So it absolutely brings in that peacock you were talking about, that fantastic <laughs> energy of I've got to focus on me. Because if you don't focus on me, you can't do anything of service until you get yourself back in harmony. And the universal energy is nine, which is harmony. That's the uh -huh. number 
energy of bringing everything together in a harmonic way. So it's a really beautiful day to, to be in coordination with the new moon energies that are coming in. You were going to say something? Well, I, I wanted to say, Janet, before you asked Pia to, to talk about that, I was going to say what you've just been describing is unity consciousness. You've been describing bringing each of our individual gifts and talents, our, our specialness, and I mean specialness in a good way, not in an egotistical, oh, I'm more special than you are. I mean, that we're truly, each of us is individually special. That's what our charts tell us. Mm-hmm. What, what you described is bringing all the differing components, elements, parts together into a more harmonious whole. And that's where cooperation and consideration of each other and how different we are, but how we can blend together and make a better whole. You yeah. did a you did a very, very wonderful, exquisite job <laughs> of, of explaining that because that's what the whole thing is all about, is unifying all of us together. Stopping the war, stopping the poverty, stopping the bickering, stopping all the things that don't work and bringing all of the goodness that we all are together to create what we're really all about, why we're here. Why are we here? Well, I would say it's to love each other and to share of ourselves, right? That that would Absolutely. be the major focus. Yes. Now, astrologically added to that this weekend is Mars moving into Leo. And I, I have Mars natally in Leo, so maybe I'm, you know, biased. I don't know. But I absolutely <laughs> love having Mars, the planet of action and courage and passion and forward momentum moving into the sign of Leo. Um, and he's going to be much happier in Leo because he's been in Cancer, which is kind of watery to his fire. So he's been kind of, you know stopped from the full expression of who he would like to be. But in Leo, he unleashes creativity, self-expression, leadership potential, uh, a boost in confidence for each one of us. Uh, Not just if you have uh, Mars in Leo, but if you, wherever Leo is in your own particular chart, that's what's being boosted. Enthusiasm, motivation, And even some optimism as, you know, Leo is uh, a sign that, you know, besides the the Sagittarius is more optimistic, right? Looks more encouraging, looks at the encouraging side of things. So go out there and pursue your goals, pursue your personal path, whatever that might be. And I know the next question from a lot of people sometimes is, I don't know what I'm here to do. Well, just go out and do something. Follow (laughs) what you love. That's the key. Follow what you love. The Pleiadians tell us that it doesn't matter what you do. It matters how you do it. It's about the how, not the what. Being mindful, being in love with what you're doing. Um, You know, sometimes, you know, you find a talent in yourself just by going out and doing, following something that, that feels good to you. Mm -hmm. It, It just, it's, it's the way that we can find things, not our minds necessarily, but our hearts that we're following what it is, the prompting from inside of us as to what we love. Now, we also have to be careful a a little bit. Any transit, of course, holds the high and the low. We want to be kind of 
toward the high, but we need to be careful not to become too prideful, you know, Leo pride, arrogant or egotistical or trying to dominate or domineer over other people. Um, it can inflame sort of our vanities, if you will, uh, because Mars is so much energy and Leo has that potential for that narcissism, arrogance, pridefulness. We also want to avoid being reckless or um, impulsive because Mars, again, is a very impulsive act first, think later <laughs> kind of guy. So we want to be able to um, take qualified risks in our lives over the next few weeks. We don't want to just jump off the bridge without any gear and hope and pray that we are not going to hit the water uh, and die. We, we want to do things in a way that makes sense. We don't want to create drama, but I dare say we're probably going to find drama and traumas, you know, being uh, out there. Uh, so the best way to channel all of this energy is to put the energy that you have into your own creative projects or into your own hobbies or expressing your own passions or doing work that you love um, and be letting that be what fulfills you and makes you happy. Uh, we should also express our gratitude and appreciation for life in general, but also for each other, uh, for the people who support you or inspire you. It's a time to shine your light out into the world and bring your gifts out into the world. So Mars in Leo for the next four to six weeks. Woohoo! So taking us uh, into summertime here in the Northern Hemisphere, and it'll be a good time for us as well. And uh, Sunday, that, so that happens on Saturday, but on Sunday, then the sun makes a move out of Taurus and into Gemini, changing up the basic energy, but Taurus energy will still be very strong because of Jupiter's presence, Uranus's presence, the North Node still being there. Uh, so we'll still have, we'll have Gemini Taurus energy, if you will. <laughs> Gemini flavored Taurus energy, or is it Taurus flavored Gemini energy? I'm not <laughs> sure which, <laughs> but it will be there. Let's take a look back at some of the comments because I'm sorry, I was kind of not ignoring, but I wasn't really following it. Too many things were coming in at one time. Um, Tom, the symptoms of these events include the recent kush are exactly like radiation poisoning. Think on that. I, I think I'm missing something there, Tom. You might have to tell me what you're talking about there. Natasha, perfectly time uh, cat knowledge for the conversation about energy. Where the, the cat jumped up here. Tom says fiber optics is a cheaper and faster speed alternative. 5G is not for convenience and speed. It's for eugenics and control period. Absolutely right. That's the truth. That's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but since, um, you know, we've just had this other conversation about doing what you love, because that can override, if we had enough people on this planet doing that, it would override these negative impacts. People would have the power returned to them to demand fiber optics versus 5G or um, alternatives to these kinds of things. And Tom says, if we all followed in Lakesh, do no harm, that would be your ethics boundary. Going back to the ethics thing that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so what else here? Uh, without technology, none of us would be here today. So very true, JLo, right? This technology has its goodness, right? It has allowed us to come together in this, this way, to be able to share our words to one another. 
um, that, oh, I just, it's not out of our control, right? Contact your local governments, go to the council meetings, get on the speakers list. And JLo, sometimes we have to understand all it is not being shown right now it will be revealed through time unfortunately that's also very true we look back in time and we go oh now i see the rightness of this or now i see what that was leading us to we all have that in our own personal lives right we go back we're like oh that change is why i, I needed to make that change because now i am this person uh, Jolie Evans, it's good to see you. She says, I've been doing a lot of self-care lately. I'm dialing myself up. I love that. That's so, so very important. And JLo says, our issue is overindulgence in all at times. And that is what creates the downfall in my own opinion. Overindulgence, right? We, we go too far too fast. Um, if it feels good, then let's do more. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, Linny says, new moon, new beginnings, and visioning the highest and best timeline for all of us. I love it. Now, Tom would like us to post the title and author of the Rainbow Book. So let me do that. It was called The Invisible Rainbow. Is that correct, Colin? Yes. Yes. The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur. First in word. First. Is it for like F-U-R-S? I think it's F-I-R-S-T. E N B E or U R G? I think it's E R G. E R G, Furstenberg. Okay. So I, you guys. We can also send you, Janet, for, for Tom and other people who are interested in exploring the things we've been talking about. We can send you a video on the DPE and you can okay. put the links at the bottom so people will have the information on that also. Good, 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 good. So well, the good invisible rainbow. Negative things that are happening and what caused them, but also the things that are coming to help us ameliorate the situation. I, we, we have to have a, a, a dictionary, a glossary from our show, <laughs> right? <laughs> ameliorate. <laughs> uh, so uh, exquisiteness, right? We, we, we need to get these words out there. So anyway, that's listed. You guys can also just run a Google search probably and find where you can buy that book or download it if it's available that way. Um, but it sounds like that might be an interesting book. Now, remember, you guys, we're hearing a lot, we, there's a lot of stuff going on and a lot of it is negative, right? It, it's, you know, who's fighting who, who's doing this, who's taking away that, who, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when we are focused on that, we are creators of that. So I just want you to know, I mean, it's one thing to be in the know and that's what we strive to do here when we're talking about these things. We're, we're giving you information, not weapons. Right, we're giving you insight, not reasons to be afraid. Right, that's not our purpose here. I don't want you focusing on all those negative things, but you have to be aware of them so that you can choose what you do about them. Right, but always go back to what is it that I'm passionate about and what is it that I want to share? Right, what is it I love? Because that power then spreads out as well. So, hopefully, that makes sense. Uh, let's see. <sighs> now I lost my whole train. I'm going to go backwards. Uh, let, let's all get together in tribal pods of possibilities. That's from Linny. I love that, Linny. That's awesome. Tribal pods of possibility. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, Jolie, I'm loving this presentation. Impressively informative and endlessly interesting. 
<laughs> I like that too. Uh, Tom, a negative event, trauma, whatever is just what it looks like. Accentuate the positive. I think there's a song there, Tom. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's the music guy. So he always has the song when, when there's things like that. And pretty soon, I'm sure I'll get a link to a song about accentuate the positive. Uh, okay, so I think that's about it. Tell us what's going on in Larkma world or in your world. Um, what's next for you? What do you want to share with everybody? Well, we have a, an international live call coming up on Sunday that everybody can participate in. You get to participate in that for free just by going to our website and signing up for the newsletter, and then you'll get the information on how to join. So Larkma does these live calls um, Every other week. Bi-weekly. Yeah. And they do a short one where they give a 20-minute message one week, and then the next week they will do a long call where they allow everybody to ask questions and answers session. So that's what's coming up next. Um, we're still doing private sessions for people who want to talk to the Pleiadians personally. We're doing alternative health sessions, uh, Pleiadian Earth Energy Charts. We're still continuing work, but it evolves as the world is changing. And I think, I think the, the message that our Pleiadian friends really wish to share with humanity is, yes, there are things going on that we may not like. Yes, life is changing in ways we never would have anticipated. Yes, things are chaotic, but we have the choice to live, as you said a moment ago, Janet, in a parallel way, we can we can be aware of all these things as you described, but not but not be influenced by them so much that we become negative or that we become depressed. It's good to know about everything that's going on around us, but we don't have to agree with what's going on. We can make alternative choices because we do have choice on this planet and we do have free will to a certain extent, and we can always change the way we see things simply by changing our attitude. If, if, we, if we see something that's harmful, send love and light to it. Don't join it, as you said. Don't feed it with more negativity. Right. Just, just realize, yes, it's going on. I don't agree with it. I don't live like that, and put our own spin of positivity around it. And that is what will change things. And I think the Pleiadians really want us to understand that we're not stuck. We're not victims. We're experiencing what's going on, but we have much more personal power than we've been led to believe by others. Using our intuition, using our hearts to make the decisions, it frees us in many, many ways. Our, our lives are not as dramatically impeded by all the junk that's going on around us, we can create what we want. We can, absolutely can. Um, all right, so we're we're getting requests to draw a card for the new moon. Tom would like a Pleiadian card. Do you have your deck handy? I will get it. Okay, so we'll let Pia be the card drawer today. And Christine says, as you're guided. So I think that's a good guide. <laughs> Tom was the guide, <laughs> and Pia will be the deliverer. Okay, Pleiadian. There you go. Cards right here. Uh huh. 
So Pia always shuffles and makes me choose. I'm going to shuffle and let Pia choose. Okay, sounds good. Hey, that's nice. This one. <clears throat> Healing, fearlessness. Being fearless because fear is the most disempowering emotion on the planet and the basis for all dis-ease. Mm, I love it. So Put it don't be afraid. Closer to your camera. Closer, Pia. Oh, there we go. Now lift it up. Oh, that's a beautiful card too. So don't be afraid of all these things we've been talking about. Which fits in perfectly with what we have been talking about. We we have the ability, we have the, the intention to make things better. And if we step away from fear and use our gifts and talents, we create what we want. We we really are able to do much, much more than we thought. And the guidebook says fear disrupts your natural hormonal balance, your sleep rhythms, your emotional state, and your peace of mind. Examine what you believe that is leading you to experience fear. Look into all of your shadows and face what is causing you to be afraid. There is truly nothing to fear because you are a divine light connected to the universe where all support is available for any experience you may have. Fear lives only in the mind is increased by continual negative thinking. Safety is always found within your heart. I love it. That's a great one. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much, Pia and Colin, for drawing the card for us. That's a great message for the new moon and for Mars moving into Leo and for the sun moving into Gemini. Let go of the fear. Move forward with your heart, doing the things that you love and sharing them with the world. Thank you all for joining us this morning. Take care. I will see you all Monday morning. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.